0: There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go? The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. We're closed. We need to kill the lights. How do you even know they're on? Hey, I said we're closed. Look, we just need to stay off the streets. We'll stay off them somewhere else. I'll call the police. You can't do that. You'll be putting the cops in danger. I'll put you
1: in danger. I'm done explaining this. Whoa, she is very strong. Sir, this is for your protection. We need this place to look closed.
0: You speak Chinese? I still hear Neon. Who hears Neon? My
1: blind, but maybe not
0: lawyer. you what? What do you mean he's blind?
1: I don't know. I thought he was sent to spy on me, and now I'm not so sure. You think he's on our side? Our side of what? Who's Karate Kid? Danny Rand. Boy billionaire.
0: Yeah, it's a little off in the head, but he backs packs a mean right hook when it counts. So do you. You okay?
1: Now or in general? Both. Well, I'm alive. You?
0: Just getting back into the world. From where? Prison. You know, we'll talk about it later. How'd you end up here?
1: I'm working a case. Yeah? How's that going for you so far?
0: All right, back door's clear. Everything's locked. I think we're safe for now. So we're just going to wait it out here? You got a better plan?
1: Is there a plan where I get my scarf back? Just need it till this is over. Welcome, everybody, to the 602 Club. I am your host, Matthew Rushing, and I'm very excited to be here tonight as uh, we are going to be diving into the Defenders, Marvel's brand-new series that they have been doing on Netflix in partnership, and so very excited to do that uh, and needed a, well, a Marvel master, and so I got the one and only Daniel Pru.
0: You know, I will. I, I will say that... It it shouldn't have to take the city shaking to get us back together.
1: You know, I know. I'm but I just can we are, are we ready to be a team yet? I don't know, We're not. You know? A team.
0: We're not a team. N-
1: yeah, no. This is just which just this one time we're going to get <laughs> together, we're going to do this and then we're going to go our separate ways. So, um, you know, Harlem and the Bronx don't play well together. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to do this. Uh, it, it's uh, you know, the, for the most part I've I've really been enjoying this series, and so I'm excited to kind of talk to, them. basically, the Avengers get-together. Uh, you know, th- this is what that is for them. And so, um, before we do that, of course, you can find the 602 Club everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, as well as every other show on the Trek FM network, and we're a feature provider there. Uh, while you're at it, you know, if you're heading over to Apple Podcasts, give us a star rating and review. Uh, you know, we say this every time, but it's so true. It actually does help. It helps more people find the show. So I'd love you to go over there and do that and help us out in that way. And if you do, we will call you out on the show. We'll thank you for your star rating and review. You can also find us on Twitter at TrekFM, Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. And uh, we've got our listeners on a discussion group. You can find that uh, on Facebook, and that's the Babel Conference. If you want to get to that, you can go to Facebook and type Babel into the search field or you can go to our website at trek.fm where you can find all of our shows. And any of the show pages there, you can hit discussion and that'll lead you right to the listeners-only discussion group. And last but not least, you a know, really good way, if you'd like to interact with the show, is to leave us an email. Um, and the best way to do that is go to trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, and choose the 602 Club. And that comes to me and any other host here that we can. It allows us to be able to maybe have a more long-form conversation. And so we'd love to to do that. So feel free to do that anytime. Daniel, I wanted to ask you something as we kind of look to dive into the Defenders about kind of where we are, you know, I felt like you kind of needed to do this kind of conversation, you know, when you got to the Avengers, you know, because it's like you've been through a lot. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, with all the shows that we've had so far, uh, what were you feeling as we were diving into the Defenders? And two, what have been the the standouts still, the ones, the the, the series that have really been, uh, basically the ones that you ju- judge all the other Marvel shows by.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's not a loaded question or anything. Uh, no. no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So. Um, I was excited. Uh, I was excited to see these four characters get together. You know, like you, you have already called it a mini Avengers kind of thing, and I was excited to see that. And, you know, obviously we'll get into it. That, but that aspect that I was excited to see, the team-ups, the crossovers, you know, the banter, that that stuff... Uh, Didn't disappoint. I really enjoyed that aspect of the show. Um, And as far as it's a a really interesting, I guess the the top two for me uh, going into it was Jessica Jones and Daredevil season one would be my would be my picks for the best of the Marvel Netflix stuff so far.
1: No, I I think uh, that makes complete sense. I can understand why you would call out both of those. Um, You know, I think they're. Uh, let's put it this way look all of these shows i think are pretty well done i think the production value for the most part is is usually pretty good um i could say that they probably should spend more money on the cgi in some (laughs) places
0: i agree that would really be helpful
1: especially (laughs) in the defenders but you know on a whole these shows are great um you know and and um for me kind of coming in my hallmarks are daredevil season one just like you and actually, Luke Cage. I really enjoyed the the first season, of Luke Cage, and and part of that I think is that, I and mean, I don't know. I I feel like Luke is maybe the most likable of all of them. I just as as a character and a person. Yeah,
0: I I would not disagree with that. I think obviously Jessica Jones has her charm, uh, but yeah, yeah she's she definitely does. But but. But, <laughs> but as a character, as like a person, yeah, absolutely. Luke Cage is definitely the hero, the hero's hero. Of the show. He's he's, I guess, like the closest that we would call to Captain America on the show. He yes. He's he's yeah. the one that's level headed. He's got, you know, he. he I, I agree. Luke Cage came out of the show. Probably the best, um, I think, in terms of how he's how he was portrayed and where mm-hmm. his character is and where it kind of goes. Um, they all have their ups and downs, but I think uh, Luke looked really good in the show. That's for sure.
1: I think, um, you know, the one thing about that is, you know, they all work together in, in a very interesting way here in The Defenders. But, you know, there's something about um, the, the character of Luke Cage. And, you know, I feel like Mike Coulter, who plays him, there's just something about this guy that I just really like and I kind of gravitate towards. And I maybe it is because he's a lot like, you know, the, like you said, the Captain America type Uh, You know, he tends to be very strong morally and kind of have a good center of right and wrong and and basically a good head on his shoulders. He's, you know, uh, (laughs) he's not trying to get everybody killed all the time, you know, um, and and seems to really care about everyone, uh, even though this is is still a new world for him. So, yeah, Um, I guess coming into kind of the Defenders, I was excited to see how this was going to work, you know. it doesn't always work when you put a bunch of people together, you know, and uh, on a whole, I think, you know, it, it ends up working pretty well. I think they do the banter well, uh, the the relationships well, and it was nice to kind of just see them all. I mean, we've been waiting for this moment, you know, it, it's like Avengers. You've been waiting for them all to finally meet each other and get together, and um, I think it worked pretty well. And so that brings me to kind of this idea of, of bringing the team together. And first, I just kind of wanted to, to dive into a little bit more just their interactions and which ones that you really liked, which ones you thought worked really well, which ones were like, eh. Uh, because one of the things I noticed was that at bringing them all together, they finally gave you a reason for Claire. <laughs> having been in all the shows oh, yeah. too much mm-hmm. the fact that she's kind of the um the linchpin for all of them in that they all know claire and she knows all of them but they don't know all of each other yeah. and so she kind of kind of brings them all together which i th- i thought was nice because finally it made at least that part really pay off for the show
0: it's a really interesting idea and concept too like no matter, say you've only watched one of those shows and you came into this into Defenders, she can kind of also be your window into those other shows. You know, th- there's times when she's kind of explaining certain characters to other people, and if you trust her, like when you were watching, you know, uh, Luke Cage or whatever, you know, then you'll you can kind of trust her word that Jessica Jones is is a good person or or Daredevil is. So it's it's I don't I mean I'm not sh- I obviously that wasn't the point of the character or anything like that, but it's nice that. It does make sense that she's kind of the linchpin that everything turns on. She's kind of the glue um that holds it all together and it it's been well established at this point. So it's it's a good payoff, I think, for that character.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it ends up I really do actually think it ends up working pretty well. Uh I, I like what they way they do in that sense, you know, um I would say Iron Fist it did feel a little bit like she was in there too much. But Obviously, they at least use that to their advantage here. And I think that's a good thing, you know, other than I mean, there's nothing worse than having a a big part of one of your shows go nowhere, you know, and and kind of lead to nothing. And so they don't do that here. And I really appreciated that. I I thought, okay, at least they have been setting this up on purpose and, and making it mean something uh, and I, I really like that. So I'm wondering for you, you know, uh, it was really interesting. Again, as with the Avengers, you end up with this whole thing of the characters kind of coming together and kind of meet each other for the first time, most of them, and kind of figuring each other out where they come from. And um, I was wondering for you which of the, the interactions really worked the best for you, you thought, and you really enjoyed the most. Um, and were there any that you just was like, Mm, I don't know, this This doesn't seem to fit.
0: Well, obviously, uh, I think what will we'll probably be most people's favorites, it certainly is mine, is Jessica Jones and Daredevil, uh, which kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. for me. I was not expecting that. But they played very well off of each other. Um, they had a really interesting dynamic that I wouldn't have yeah. seen ahead of time, but it was right. written and played super fantastically, and I really, really enjoyed that relationship.
1: Especially when he comes in, he's like, I'm your lawyer. She's like,
0: what? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. That was, I thought that was
1: a really great scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it fit both of those characters so well. And um, I did really like their interaction. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I also really enjoyed, and this is going to sound funny, but I really enjoyed Jessica Jones being back with Luke Cage and -hmm. them actually dealing with their, you know, their mess that they left each other in. Uh, and, um, I loved their kind of adult conversations, you know, like they just, you had S going on. I had S going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. it happened. Yeah. We we both could have handled it better, but they didn't turn it into a big deal, which I thought, wow, how revolutionary Two
0: adults having an adult conversation, both saying, Hey, you know what? We both screwed up. It's cool. Whatever. Let's move on. It, yeah. That was a fantastic, <laughs> uh, scene. And it, it plays really well into both of their characters and, and the situation as a whole. It doesn't feel forced in any way. It feels like mm-hmm. this is a conversation that these people would get to at some point. And, and like you say, they're both adults. They both, you know, they know what they did. They know where they are now. And it's it's just an acknowledgement of that. And every, we don't get too much of it. We get more in the end than we do in the beginning. But yeah, I agree. Seeing them reunited, they have, they have a really good chemistry between the, the, those two characters for sure.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, completely, one hundred percent agree. And it was just, uh, you know, it, it it's kind of interesting to watch, you know, Jessica Jones because I, you know, we haven't had her season two yet, so this is the, you know, the uh, next time we get to see her, and I really, I, I just, uh, I just like the way they kind of subtly pushed her character forward. Um, you know, they use this season to show her that, you know, she doesn't have to be all, you know, hard as nails all the time to everyone. You know, there are people that are actually going to be out there they are going to care about her. And, uh, you know, I feel like they, they found a way to have these guys kind of break down her walls just a little bit in a really good way, like show her the ability to be okay with being vulnerable to somebody. As well as, you know, doing the same thing, you know, with her, her friend, you know, who by the end of the show fixed her uh, window uh, and she's back in business as Alias Investigation. And I thought that's a great way to have this character kind of continue that arc from their first season and into what they're going to go into their second season. And I, I really thought that they did a good job with that. Um, and I, I felt like they also did the same thing with Luke as, you know, they got him out of prison and um, had him come home and kind of end up in this place where you know, he's not a guy who ever really wanted to be a superhero. But I thought it was interesting in the end that it was actually Misty Knight who kind of pushes him into it, even though she kind of gets frustrated with him later on being the superhero and not playing by the quote unquote law rules. Um I I thought it was really interesting it's kind of her fault you know she asked him to do it
0: <laughs> uh I wonder well we can talk about what happens to Misty later I I just wanted to agree with you though that like I think to to varying degrees of success but I think overall a very very positive way they push each of these characters into like with a movie like the Avengers you don't have the time to kind of push, you know, like the Avengers is a big thing. It happens, it happens to the characters. And then we kind of deal with fallout. Whereas this is more of like, we have more, a little more time here. So it's like, there an like an arc within the movie, which, you know, now, like you're mentioning, uh, you know, Luke Cage is kind of accepting this, this role here. And, and uh, Jessica Jones is, is kind of back in business at this point after the events of season one. And obviously Daredevil, some significant things happen to him. uh, But it's like, every character is pushed forward in their story. Like we pick up from right where we expect them to be. We move them along and then we kind of set their course for the future. And I think this show really does that well for the characters. It definitely got me excited for a lot of the stuff that's upcoming.
1: No, I agree with you there. And, and, and one of the things I have to say too, is that, you know, Daredevil season two was tough for me. Like I really liked the first half with, um, Punisher. Punisher. Yeah. But yeah, but the second half I thought was kind of a mess. And part of that was just because Matt became a big, huge, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> uh did. And he was not enjoyable to watch. But what I really liked about this season of the Defenders is that they kind of put, they found a way to bring Matt back full circle to being the guy who's more the hero. And being somebody who really believes in people and, and is willing to, you know, um, sacrifice his life for others and all of those things. And, and I really liked that. And I also really liked the way in which, um, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's foggy who kind of finally helps him accept that this is just who he is and that the city actually needs him yeah. as daredevil, not just the lawyer. And I thought that was really cool to watch that relationship between them, which has been a, with, strained kind of actually grow. Yeah, in a, in a really kind of well, interesting and beautiful way. I
0: agree. And 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 to add a little bit to that, the relationship with Karen as well. Like the three-way relationship mm-hmm. between those three characters has always been one of the better parts of Daredevil. And 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 this is something I also was gonna mention in the last part. Um not just the big major four characters, but we get more mingling of the secondary characters that we we have not really seen before like this. And obviously some are going to be hits and some are going to be misses, but I really thought they were mostly utilized well. Some of them were just kind of dressing for the most part, but like, it seems like even these small minor characters, you know, Trish gets an, uh, a scene, uh, an important scene in the last episode of the one before the last episode. And, uh, Karen and or uh, Karen and Foggy obviously have a lot to do, and Colleen is a big part of the story as well. But, but we also get you know these secondary and tertiary characters, both interacting with these main characters and with other ones. And I I thought that was handled very well for the most part. I really I really liked seeing all those people again.
1: Well, I absolutely agree with you because what was fun I thought about the show was actually having those secondary characters interact with each other without the main characters. You know uh, having. Foggy and Colleen and, you know, Karen and Misty, uh, all of them kind of being together while the others are out kind of trying to save them and everything, I thought was really fascinating. Uh, Of course, along with Claire, too. You know, putting them all together where they now know each other. Yeah. And it makes the world a lot bigger. You know, it it, it kind of reminds me in the DC TV universe when uh, Flash and Arrow finally cross over, you know, and then all the crossovers start happening and it really opens up the universe. So you feel like now in any one of the the shows that they're doing that any of the characters could pop in and out whenever they need to, yep. just like a comic book, which is so much fun when that world is, those pages are kind of opened and everybody can just kind of spill out and go into whatever, yep. you know, they need to. And that's great stuff. Um, <laughs> So I want to <laughs> ask you... um. Uh, not a huge fan, obviously of Danny Rand. And, uh, I wanted to ask you about his characterization, uh, throughout this show and his interactions with the other characters.
0: Well, they try, they try with him and Luke, um, to, I would say, uh, okay. I can see the effort. I mean, obviously they're not, they can do whatever they want, but there's obviously a very large legacy in the comics of those two characters, um, and I thought it w- it was okay. Some of their stuff was funny. It was, I would say that I I wasn't one of the ones that like just dumped on, the, um, the actor or the, or the character the whole time. Like I get it. He's not amazing. It's not great. I would say he's, he fares slightly better here. Um, mostly because at the end he's actually, it felt, it feels like the lesson he's learned from Matt uh is significant and important and it feels like he does grow a little bit at the end there uh in his last scene. But that's about as much he's he's fine. He's he's definitely my least favorite and I and but he's there and he and yeah he's obviously a big important player in this storyline, uh because of all the Kun stuff and turns out, uh dragon skeletons, but uh so he's there. But uh yeah, he's okay. See I
1: love I love that because my favorite thing is the conversation between Claire and Colleen where Claire's like, Colleen, Danny has been tra- training his whole life for this. This is what it means to be the iron fist. And Colleen's like, and Danny will tell that to anybody. who will listen. <laughs> yeah, that was and I was like
0: a great line.
1: <laughs> I was like, yes, absolutely. Because that's all Danny knows how to do. And, um, you know, I would say in, in this series that Danny is the one who fares the worst again mm-hmm. because he's still the stupidest. I agree. I, um, agree. Yep. I mean, he's just utterly ridiculous. The fact that in the end of the series, he gets tricked into fighting. Oh, oh
0: my God. It like, was so bad. Come
1: on. Electro tricks him into fighting with his hand. And if we all know what's going <laughs> to happen. It's like, hey, bro, why don't you find a way to maneuver the fight? away from this section yeah or stop where your hand is needed to open <laughs> or stop glowy handing
0: while you're yeah, fighting near it i know and then I mean, you come can, on yeah, it's, it's I, you're annoying.
1: the iron fist right you shouldn't need to fist up to like fight you know electra i don't care who
0: she is well she's the black sky i don't know if you've heard or not about this matthew but she's the black sky so
1: Yes, but I don't even know what that means. No, they because never they never explain. They that.
0: never tell you, <laughs> and there were. T- that was really a frustration for me. Was when she was solo fighting the whole team, and like I'm not like super picky about this kind of stuff, but I'm like, wh- why can she just beat everyone up? I don't under like nothing has been told to us or explained to us. Some of these ancient people. Well, oh, we'll get into that, but. Uh, it was just annoying when when she was just beating everybody up. I'm like, no, nah, I don't. Like no, this. absolutely, absolutely.
1: And and can I just mi- say one thing too? Luke Cage is supposed to be like hitting yes. a steel post, oh, right? Goodness, yes. <laughs> so Electra fighting him, hair kicking him or hitting him or whatever
0: shouldn't do anything. Nothing should do literally nothing to the man. Basically, shouldn't shouldn't it like break her bones? Yep. Yep. As far as I know, I, again, because it's very murky here and it's it's not clear, they could say, at some point Marvel could come out and say, "Hey, this version of Elektra has these special powers," but it's not been explained yet, and and mm-hmm. she just can do these things. Uh, Luke Cage, I think, was depowered tremendously in this show, just because I feel like he kind of would have made it a little unfair, uh, because ninety nine percent of these scenarios, it seems like he should just be able to walk into and nobody can. They'll, they'll hit right. him they'll hit him with the swords and stuff and then they'll break and then okay now what do, exactly what do you
1: do? yeah i didn't i didn't understand that, and I feel like it was frustrating because i you know i get that there are ways to you know fluster him sure and, and mm-hmm. if you're smart you know um maybe you just bring some r p g s with you um to hit him with because those will at least do something uh but the the fact that she had any effect on him or that anyone else had any effect on him like that just made no sense. I mean, again, it'd be kind of like if Batman tried to punch Superman in the face with just his bare hand, right. Mm -hmm. Without a gloved hand or, you know, whatever he'd just break his hand because Superman would be like hitting, you know, a a steel pole. Uh, and same thing with Luke Cage. He has that same strength, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Electra. Was...
0: Uh, you know. Again, I don't know how much we want to lead the topic here, but Electra is not an intimidating villain, and she's not a plausible threat to the four of them. I mean, I would argue that she was. You know, whatever. what we're, ta- we're this is comic book nerdy. We're arguing power levels at this point, but you know she's not. She would. <laughs> but 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 she doesn't have
1: the plus three and the minus <laughs> yeah. four and the. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's but, exactly but, what uh, we're kind of doing. But
0: but, but come on now. She, we it's just as important to raise the stakes when you're going to team people up so that you, you don't bring their level down. You know what I'm saying? Because then they seem... Right. It's, it's yes. off-putting when you're seeing what he does in Luke Cage versus what he's doing in the Defenders. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought he, you know, and so.
1: Right. I mean, because I'm... And I, 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 obviously, he's never fought anybody that has these kind of abilities right. in, in the sense of, like, the fighting skill. You know he's been up against thugs and guys with guns, so I get it. You know, I and I love that uh, Jessica Jones is like, am I the only one who doesn't know karate? Yeah, that was a uh, great line too. That was that was excellent stuff. But yeah, um, let's talk about that because uh, the, because we got into Electra a little bit. I think it's time to delve a little bit more into that character and what they do with her here and the fact that you know we realized that she was going to be brought back to life basically. Uh, and they brought her back to life in their secret hand way. And it erases her memory and makes her the black sky, which they never explain, other than she's the black sky. So don't mess with the black sky, because she's the black sky, and nobody messes with the black sky, because she's prophesied, I think, well to it, be the black sky. And
0: that's the thing, too, because there's a line in there, if I, if I'm not misremembering, where the... Japanese guy tells her that she's the one that prophesied about him. Her, I guess her, sorry. Um, and I'm like, so she may. I, I just, I don't understand. And of course, nothing's explained. This is, the, this is the problem with the hand since it's been introduced now, since Daredevil season one, is like. N- nothing is clear. Like, there's no idea. Like, they finally got around to the actual hand characters here in the show. And some of them have some certain powers and some of them can do some things. uh, They can come back unless you cut their head off, I guess, but maybe not. And then, you know, there's just this whole like level of weird mystical, not defined stuff. And then, and then of course now it's connected with uh, the iron fist with the Kunlun stuff. And, Ah, I don't know. I don't like them as villains. They're... And
1: ancient dragons.
0: And ancient. Don't forget the ancient dragons. Ancient dragon bones, which exist under all major cities, apparently, I guess, be- is the implication because all these other they cities. They all have fell. doorways
1: into Kunlun, I guess?
0: I don't know. I. I, I okay. Yeah. I don't know. And, and you can only open them with the iron fist. So. I don't know. It's just. It was dumb. I thought it was dumb. Um. I've always thought it was dumb. That's okay. I, I, I guess that's an easy way to have hordes of ninjas for your good guys to beat up, but I don't know. It just didn't feel very thought out. I don't, I, there's no answers. I don't know what's going on. No, I, I agree with you because I think
1: uh, the thing that happens with Electra coming back and they don't really define anything that's happening. And this has kind of been a problem with, I would say this is a problem with a, Mar- a lot of Marvel things. Not just this, but uh, I I felt the same way with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I sometimes feel the same way with their movies, where it's just like they don't spend enough time on enough exposition to help you kind of get what's going on. I mean, just even the basics, right? And I'm right there with you. The hand has never been sufficiently explained. Neither has Kun Lun. We don't really get what these things are now look before anybody writes us nasty emails about how stupid we are i'm somebody and and i've said it before here on the 602 club i don't know the marvel comics themselves all that well so i'm coming into this as a newbie and therefore i look at it as one now i know some things you know i'm aware of some stuff this kind of depth that we're getting into in these shows at this point as we're really digging into the marvel universe with these characters and the defenders i feel like we are kind of needing more explanation this is one of the major faults that was in iron fist is that there was not enough explanation for me to care about kunlun lun or any of yep. those things mm-hmm. and this is also the frustration that we're getting here with like the background with Electra, the black sky, there's some sort of prophecy. Who is she? I mean, is she like the chosen one, like Anakin misread the prophecy? (laughs) It could have been what's going on. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. And it it does become kind of frustrating as a viewer where, you know, the hand is not a bad idea, right? The idea that they're kind of the Illuminati is cool. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we uh, so many stories in comic books have this kind of, you know, ultra secret. I mean, Star Trek even has it with Section 31. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, so I guess maybe this is
0: Marvel's Section 31. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. I don't know if I <laughs> would agree with that, but. Mm. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the hand, I mean, and then we're introduced to a whole brand new character uh that is apparently the leader of the hand though we've never met her before or even had her reference uh, and it's Sigourney
0: Weaver yes of all people who yeah. uh who I like and does well um I I don't see her as a threat I mean obviously at this no. point not trying to deliberately spoil anything but she doesn't make it all the way through and I, I didn't understand the organizational structure of the hand cause w- So when when it's when she's first introduced in that first episode or second whichever one it was, we see uh, Madame Gao, who we up to this point thought yes was the big bad, and then of course it becomes very clear that uh, Sigourney Weaver's character has Alexandra has control over Madame Gao, but it's not really control because they all can kind of vote for stuff. I don't know, it's again, it's it's made kind of ambiguous. I did like that we knew Madame Gao and had experienced her before mm-hmm. as well as um and I'm gonna forget the other guy's name, but he was an iron fist.
1: Oh, uh oh uh uh
0: back to Bak- Bakutu or whatever, yeah, yeah. Bakutu. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and we didn't know the other three, which is which isn't a big problem for me, but it was cool to see that at least mm-hmm. two of the people that we've encountered before are connected to it. So that was, which we, which we knew it technically, but you, but you know what I mean? Just to see them there as, as like part of the villain ship, it was cool.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because like I have absolutely no problem with squirting Weaver. She's great. You know, she's good. in so many of the things that she's been in, obviously alien and aliens, you know, she's fantastic. Um, But here being this character, Madam Gao is way more terrifying than yes, she ever is. Absolutely. Uh, she never comes off as the intimidating type. She, uh, you know, part of it, I don't know if part of it is that they make her sick. And so, but I'm just never intimidated. I'm never scared by her. I'm never worried about her. I don't think she's a threat. Um, the fact that they had her do any kind of fighting too yeah. felt ridiculous <laughs> and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I think she's woefully miscast in this role because there's no menace from her whatsoever. Uh, She just does not fulfill the role well at all. And it's not... I don't know if it's her fault. I just don't think she's the right person to be doing this. I think they got her because she's Sigourney Weaver, but I do not think she fits this character whatsoever because I think you needed somebody that even though they have this supposed weakness of this sickness, that you're immediately intimidated by them every second that they're on screen. And I never once ever felt that from her. So
0: Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Um it's interesting because on paper it seems like something that Sigourney Weaver would be really kind of amazing at is, you know, this no nonsense kind of character that's gonna just take charge of of every room that she's in, you know? It's it just doesn't come across as effective. Like you say, it must just not be the right fit for the character because I I never saw her as the one that was to be concerned about. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's quite clear. It's kind of disappointing too, but like I say, you know, what can you do?
1: You know, I, and I was trying to think like, who would you cast in this role? And do you, before I ask out though, do you think possibly it could have just been helped if we had had her longer than just this show and we had never known she was sick until now? so that she'd kind of been in the background and and been building that, like, menace. Because, yeah. I mean, here she's really a lame phantom menace. If- it's <laughs> always been behind the scenes. That's a good one. But you're like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, like, Madame Gao, again, is way scarier than you are.
0: Yeah, because... It- she, we, she had a build up you know slow reveal, mm-hmm. and kind of like at first you didn't think she was anything, and then oh uh, wow, okay, she can do these kind of crazy badass things, and then, oh mm-hmm. my goodness, all these characters are terrified of her, you know, yes. and then we never get this sense that that Madame Ga is afraid of of in fact i i I kind of think that she's probably still alive based on that last scene that she had um we'll see, uh, but yeah. But I, I, I just, I, I still think of her as a way more effective villain. You just asked who, um, who would be good in that role, and I was thinking of a character that we didn't get to see in the Defenders that is. I think really terrifying in a different way but like a effective way is uh Carrie Ann Moss as uh the lawyer Hogarth. Oh yes. And it's like sh- like her performance I could see kind of doing that thing mm-hmm. where she just walks into the room and like she just gives you the glance and you know you kind of just know that that you have to do what she says. That's just off the top of my head but I wish we could have seen mm-hmm. her character still. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, I I'm right there with you because I feel like she has, I mean, obviously playing Hogarth, she can. she's already been kind of villainous in, you know, Jessica Jones. And so seeing her, I, man, wow, if they hadn't cast her for Hogarth, she would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody else that I feel like could have pulled off that role and, you know, kind of a, around Sigourney Weaver's age range I don't know. It's just hard to think of somebody, but the person that keeps coming to mind, I wonder, I don't know. I I might've been more scared of somebody like, uh, Helen, Helen Murin.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I think, you know, if there's one thing about the show, this, this, this season, uh, with the defenders, that is probably its downfall is that I wasn't scared of its major villain, uh, which is security weaver and if she had kind of been left out in a lot of ways i feel like it would have been better because the hand itself is already creepy enough and it i i think everybody else that they had filling those roles was good you know mm-hmm. um and it was it was kind of great to to see the hand kind of finally fully come out of the shadows and they're putting their plan together, and their whole plan is basically they want to get back to Kun Lun so that they can rule now that it's been destroyed because the Iron Fist left. And so I, I thought that was kind of interesting um, that they want to go home uh, and after all of these millennia of being away. Um and I kind of love that the hand basically has a bloody Lazarus pit that brings him back to life. That's <laughs> um, actually like,
0: what it is, yeah. I was yeah. like,
1: wow, hmm, that's I don't know which one came first, so I can't make that but it was just like, mm, I've seen that before. Yep. <laughs> this one's just a lot bloodier and more disgusting.
0: I you know, I was you were just talking and I was thinking you're I think you're right. If there was less of the villain stuff, I think it would have been more effective. I think it's all of that stuff kind of just shows like this really, this supposed to be this organization that's existed for thousands of years and is is completely in in the secret. And it just seems like these people couldn't get anything done. I don't know how these people did anything. They didn't seem effective. They didn't seem threatening. They didn't seem scary. They kept talking about scary things like New York crashing and burning, but like it never seemed like an actual credible threat to the characters or to the city. So it, it, so, mm-hmm. the whole thing again, I think it's partly to do with like how ambiguous everything is. I don't know, I just, it just it's the part of the show that just didn't work for me.
1: Yes, I, I think you're absolutely right. And you know, sometimes with a villain, that ambiguity kind of works. You know, it kind of makes me think of in Lord of the Rings with Sauron, how there's a lot of ambiguity to him, but he's always menacing you never see the guy except for in the you know opening prologue he's just this big glowing eye and yet and yet there's this way in which they kind of engulf the whole thing in this fear that really works and i think you're absolutely right that it 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 the less is more actually worked with the villain in that series and i think it would have done here too and it is frustrating because uh it almost seems like this series a lot like Avengers is more about the heroes coming together than it is the villain. And if you had just revealed enough about the hand, so you knew their connection with Kunlun and all that kind of stuff and, and kind of filled in those gaps a little bit more, that's great, you know. It connects Iron Fist with Daredevil and all this stuff. It connects the big, you know, hole we saw at the end of Daredevil season two, you know, which I never thought they did follow up with it. But now we know they've been digging because they're trying to get access to this door. They need the Iron Fist to open. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also planning on basically, and this is the other thing, they're the, they're they're really like an inept version of the League of Assassins. Because the League of Assassins, remember, in... And Batman Begins is going to destroy Gotham because it's gotten too corrupt and opulent, and all of these things. And it's time for Gotham to end. Well, now it's time for New York City to end, uh, in the exact same way. And I was like, a lot of these story points uh, feel recycled from better material.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I, again, I can't. I'm like you. I can't speak to the origins of the Hand as an, or, as an organization. Although I do know that they must be at least uh, older than. 81 or 83. I can't remember um when the turtles came out because the foot clan is based off of the hand. So I know that. Uh But I, yeah, I don't, I can't speak to, to where, which came first or, or which is, you know, but I, I agree. It's, it's not, it's not as scary of a concept. Here's the thing. I hope we're done with the hand now. I do. I mean, me too. <laughs> I don't care. Honestly, like if, like you you mentioned this is like Avengers and the fact that it's more about getting the heroes together than who they're fighting and I'm okay with that. Um if they do it with the once, right? Now now give us a challenge. You know what I mean? For Defender season 2, ramp it up, but don't give us the same thing. Please, please, please don't give us this uh you know, cut off the head and three more grow every single time. I don't I don't want to be dealing with the hand for the next or Electra. I don't need it to turn into hydra. Yeah, exactly. Just say that, okay. Yeah, exactly. So find some other new, a uh, big bad or, you know, whatever. I just, we've had two, three, four and a half ish seasons of the hand stuff. I think, I think, uh, at this point they should just uh, say, yeah, that's it. That was it. We cut off the head. We killed, we killed them. And, and that's the end of it. Oh, we cut off the hand. Ah, there you, you know. go. Well, ooh, uh, ooh, Ooh, too soon for uh <laughs> certain characters in the show. Uh, ooh, true,
1: true story. True story. Uh, sorry, Misty, my bad. Um, so, I, what was interesting about this season of the Defenders, the first season here, is that Stick is back. And they finally kind of reveal what he's been up to this whole time. Like, what his mission has been. And this, I thought, was uh, honestly well done. Uh, this is a thing that I thought was really interesting to bring him back and that his whole goal in, you know, training Elektra and Matt, he is somebody who's been fighting the Hand and he saw the natural ability in both of them and it was his goal and and Electra was even somebody who was recruiting Matt you know and she ends up falling in love with him and that was obviously not in Stick's plan uh, but I loved all of that kind of tying this together And a, and again a lot like the avengers does it kind of uses all these little bits and pieces to kind of put together its film and you know whether it doesn't all work perfectly but it works well enough and i I, stick was a big key part of that kind of coming together
0: yeah you know and it's that's what the best part of these movies and these shows do that's when like you get that you know it's like when it's so rewarding and you're like, oh, Stick, you know, the guy that we learned about in Daredevil Season 1 through Daredevil Season 2 you know, and on and on and on. And it's like, I've been with this character the whole time. I know this character and I, I can see what's happening and what's going to happen to them next. And I think it's a really fitting end for that character as well. It was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, made, the way he died to me made sense. Um, I was surprised that he had, didn't come to that decision earlier. I thought that was going to happen in the first scene when they're all kind of discussing what they need to do with Iron Fist. And I'm like, well, Stick's going to try to cut off his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it made sense. And it kind of we didn't really get to see the fallout for, with Matt just very, very briefly. Um, but it's very significant. Obviously, he's been a kind of a, right in the middle of the thick of this whole thing. And I hope it's an indication that they will leave this behind uh, because his, his story is now done. I mean, maybe flashbacks or whatever, but. Uh, I I agree with you. It works tremendously well uh, what he does in the sh- in the show.
1: And I just like having him back. I love that actor. Yep, you great. know, I've loved him since uh, Hunt for October. Um and I just think he is uh a fantastic actor and uh it's just kind of again, he's he's somebody that, you know, Scott Glenn is one of those guys where um <laughs> I also love that he's just as sarcastic and smart-ass as he is Jessica Jones. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I just want to see those two battle back and forth and see who can, uh, you know, out-smart-ass each other. So I thought that was really good. Um, I was just thinking, uh, and I kind of wanted to ask, Connor, we kind of get closer to, to wrapping up, but was there anything else for you that just kind of stuck out about the season? that either you really enjoyed or, you know, on the other side that something that ended up bothering you.
0: Um the end of the show once they get down to the pit is super super dark. Like the last 2 to 3 episodes are insanely dark. Um and it was bothering And
1: you're me. just talking about like light levels? Yes, for light. The show, I'm talking about I'm, just okay. yes,
0: yeah. Uh, no, not not like the subject matter or anything like that. Because In the beginning, there's this really. uh, They do this neat thing with the lighting that they kind of Mm. bring it all in. You know, from every other. The show has very unique lighting, obviously. When you're watching, yes, yes. When you're watching Jessica, and they light,
1: yeah, Yeah. and they light it just like you would see all the different shows. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. And then eventually, there's a kind of blending that they do. uh, You you know, uh, it's really interesting what they do in in the first half of the show, and then in the second half of the show, Mm -hmm. especially towards the end. Like I said, it just gets so dark and Mm -hmm. it was really jarring to me and really bothered me. Uh, I I I loved it in the beginning, but then at the end, I really hated it. So I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what, what happened there, but maybe they just, I guess ran out of light bulbs or something.
1: Yeah. uh, No, that's something that I really liked about the show uh, is the way in which they kind of, as they're melding these people together, they're using the lighting schemes from the other shows To, you know, so uh, Luke Cage tends to be in gold lighting, uh, that kind of warm lighting. Uh, You get Matt with red, uh, and you get Jessica with that kind of washed out purplish lighting. And then you get um, Iron Fist and Danny Rand with kind of this green tint, and everything kind of works together and i i thought that that was really fun the way they were paying homage to where the characters come from but you're, i think you're right you know it does feel like the scenes and maybe it's just the scenes where they are that they are really dark but it's it's i don't know it's um i'm with you it does kind of get a little bit obnoxious when you're just kind of struggling maybe to even see what's going on on the screen because it's so dark so I I agree with you there, but I I liked the work they did beforehand, where uh, you know they're really setting up the show um, with the different characters, and then they're kind of bringing them together. And I don't know, I, and maybe maybe I missed it, but I didn't feel like they kind of found the Defenders look. No, I other than Dark.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that there really was. Um... Which is kind of an interesting situation. I don't have a problem with that. If if The Defenders is going to be just this team up and you just kind of have this mishmash of the styles from the different shows, that makes sense in a lot of ways, right? Uh, I, I would get why you'd want to visually distinguish it as well. But I can also see the other side of it where it's like, oh, no, no, this is just kind of just – especially since, you know – this is the first time. It's very clear that they're not really part of an organized group at all. This is just the, this kind of ramshackle thing. Obviously, by the end they become friends, and it's mostly hunky dory. But uh, you know, in the beginning, you go through the regular growth spurts that any super team does. Uh, we, get, you know, we see the characters fight each other and doubt each other, and then turn on each other, and then eventually learn to trust each other. So it's yeah, not surprising.
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny to watch Luke. Cage get hit with the iron fist. That was a great thing. That was yeah, and that was something that you know kind of bothered me as well. Like you know the iron fist, right? Him hitting Luke Cage with the iron fist and it does that, but like shouldn't him like hitting anybody else with that fist like just go shatter through them? every bone yes. in their body? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. yeah, basically like Batman v Superman where he presses in the nightmare Batman sequence where he presses on Batman's chest and you know it just goes right through. shouldn't that basically happen?
0: Yeah. He should not punch people with his iron fist. I think is really the, the big uh, irony here because it would make them explode. I think (laughs) for sure. What is the irony fist? Yeah, (laughs) it is. um, That's the big moment though, right? Like that's the, if we're going to liken this to the Avengers, that is the, what, Oh, what would happen if, you know, Thor smashed a shield on Captain America, Uh, or I'm sorry, Thor. Thor will oh, smash his hammer on Captain America's shield. You know, it's that moment where it's like, well, wh- how would these two things interact? And it was a, I think it was a super awesome scene because, you know, D- Danny's just going nuts on him with all of his, you know, training and stuff like that. And Luke is just taking it. He doesn't care. He's like, what are you doing, man? Like, he's just throwing him around. Like he's a, you know, like he's a boy. And then of course, Danny pulls this out of his back pocket and, and Luke is stunned. It's a really great reversal and it's played for laughs. And I think it, I think it's very effective.
1: No, I agree with you. Um, it was, it was fun to watch those two heroes fight, you know? Um, and yes, it is very much that Avenger scene of watching Thor and Iron Man kind of go at it and then caps trying to break them up. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it is good stuff. So, um, I guess we're at the very end here where we're going to talk about the very end of the show and a major spoiler. So if you've got with us this far and you're still listening, uh, well, we're about to spoil something rotten. And so you can either turn it off or just keep listening since you're still here. Um, The very end of the show also seems to be an ending and a beginning. And I was just wondering what you thought of
0: how they handled that with Matt. Um. I uh we talked a little bit about it before the show and I'm of two minds of it. I I don't mind when they they play up this whole sacrif you know sacrificial hero kind of gives up his life for the the event, but then when they turn it around within two or three scenes, I just don't understand it. Like I guess this isn't the worst of- offender of it because they don't even really pretend like he's dead. So uh, you're
1: saying you're going to be a defender of it.
0: <laughs> nice. Um I'm I'm more excited about what it what it plays up for the future because from what I understand, like you, I'm not super familiar with the comics, but from what I understand, the storyline is quite uh well respected. Uh and that, that this is setting up, I believe. And uh I don't know, but his sacrifice is weird because I don't get why he's willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Electra seems like a pretty terrible person by the end because she still recognizes who she is. And is still willing to let the city get destroyed. I don't know why he's like down there doing what he's doing. Um, nobody needed to be down there as far as I could tell. It just seemed kind of like an empty gesture. Not, I'm not really sure. I, it's fine, I guess.
1: The idea that Electra can be saved. Like, I, I love you, Matt. We have the same first name. <laughs> but I think that, you know, she's not Darth Vader, okay? there is no good in her anymore um and it's pretty clear by the end that there isn't um you know she's just ready to die yeah. you know uh, and um m- maybe it says a lot about matt that he's willing to die with her okay uh, sure but you know i along with the hand i i'm i'm done with Ele- electra yep i agree um, I, I have never, I have n- haven't liked the, the storyline that they've done with her at all in the first place. I haven't liked the characterization of her. I've just found it kind of, um, eh. Um, and I, so I'm just ready for her to not be around. And so if this is their way of getting rid of her, great. I would really love that. So, um, and, uh, the little bit I know is that at least what this seems to be saying is, is we see the scene of Matt being tended to by nuns. This could lead to a classic story that was done by Frank Miller called Born Again, which is apparently the darkest story ever for uh, Daredevil. Like it is just super, super dark. Uh, and from everything that I have read on it, they probably will only use bits and pieces of that, but they'll reference some things is my guess. Uh, Well, the, the,
0: yeah, that's Marvel's really good at picking and choosing what elements from different storylines to use. I think, uh, they have a pretty good track record of that. Generally speaking, what I'm most interested in is that this classic storyline, uh, is apparently, uh. The the elements are driven by the kingpin. So I'm curious if that if that's a big hint that we're gonna get some more kingpin, which uh, I would definitely enjoy after all this hand stuff. I think that would uh, that would be pretty cool.
1: Well, it would just be great to have the kingpin be the actual kingpin yeah. this time, like you know. Uh, oh, since like an actual wasn't... kingpin
0: of crime. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah,
1: so he was you know he because he wasn't fully the kingpin at this that at that point right. in season one so it'd be kind of great to have him back. Uh you know, Vincent Ofrio is a fantastic actor and I would love to see him back uh just in that role. So um I, you know, I think all in all too, you know, the ending for everybody else it just leaves me interested in the rest of their shows. I, I still have to say, you know, I uh, am not really that interested in in Iron Fist. Um can we just have a show about Colleen and maybe leave the Iron Fist <laughs> alone, you know, cuz she's still way more interesting character. Colleen sadly. and the
0: Iron Fist. Uh, you- Actually, Let's just make her the Iron Fist. It was, well, actually that's not a bad idea. Um, it, it was, the one thing that actually did bother me was the way Colleen was handled, uh, believe it or not. I love the character. She was my favorite character in, in Iron Fist. And I don't know, it, it, there were certain times that I was just like, why is she, she wouldn't like act like this. I don't, I don't know why she's doing this. They, 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 that one scene with her and Claire, I think is well done. And um, I liked that scene. But the other the other aspects of her character, I think they kind of, she, she gave up something, some element of her that she had in Iron Fist, and I, I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't know. Maybe her, her spunk. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I that was the character I felt that was kind of serviced the least in, especially considering how much she was featured, because she was in the show quite a bit. Yeah, I kind of wonder
1: if part of that just is uh, the fact that, um, they're having a hard time juggling all the characters in the first place yeah. and uh, what do they do with her and how do they maybe find a way to not have her as involved on purpose. But I do agree with you, but she didn't seem to come off as strong of a character as she was in the you know, Iron Fist season, which is a little bit frustrating because I feel like she is a better character than this. Uh, and I I just, again, she's a much better character than Danny in the first place. So I would have rather had spent more time with her and less time with him if there was a way to do that, but there isn't a way to do that because she's not the Iron Fist he is. And so, um, but yeah, I was, I was frustrated as well that, that I didn't feel like she got as much to do and it wasn't as rewarding for her as a character. Um, I agree. Yeah. So I guess all in all I'm wondering um you know we kind of talked about some pros and cons you know we've had I think a, a fair bit of both so I'm really interested to kind of see where you come down with your rating for the show
0: Yeah so like I said I'm kind of of two minds of this I really really like the team up aspect I I appreciated that it's a shorter season I think yes it could have definitely run the risk of dragging things out way too much if they did that um, mm-hmm. I think it had the appropriate um uh, levels of all of the different elements that I liked I think that the that the humor was there and the action was there the 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 villainy was there but they weren't all fantastic um like again we, the hand was kind of weak it would have been nice if there was something in place of that that, w- that was a little more effective mm-hmm. um but, but I think it was a uh, the the parts I wanted to see the most of the the conflicts the the coming together the team I really enjoyed those aspects. And I was very surprised to enjoy the secondary characters just as much. Um, this is something I hope that they do. I don't know if that they, can, they can't really do this as much in the movies because obviously there's not enough time. But with the show like this, you can really, really integrate those different characters and bring them all together. Yes. And I loved, loved that. And I'm very excited. Like you mentioned, hey, maybe we're going to have Misty show up. And Jessica Jones or whatever, you know, whatever show that you can, you can cross pollinate all these characters mm-hmm. now. And I'm, I'm excited for that. So, um, I don't know if, if I was going to go out of, what would I go out of four? Cause there's four people. I don't know. Um, no five. Of course we're going to do a hand this is what we're going to do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I would give it up. T- How many fingers? Yeah. I would out? give it t- two fingers and a knuckle out of a hand. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to what comes next.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I'm thinking about what we talked about and I realized that I had a lot more complaints than I thought I did, which, you know, I, I, talking it through, that sometimes happens. And it that was really interesting to me. And so it actually kind of took my rating down a little bit. Uh and I think, that, I think that this is probably, when I look over the Marvel series, if I were going to rewatch a season, it's either going to be Luke Cage, Daredevil season one, or probably this. So that puts it in the upper echelon for me. I'd, I'd, I still feel like rewatching this season is enjoyable because I'm liking all the interaction mm-hmm. with the characters, mm-hmm. even if I'm not necessarily liking everything that's happening. And that's a good thing. Um, that that's very important obviously we want that to work the most when you're doing a team up and so you know i think that this probably gets two fingers and half a middle finger for jessica jones you know because that's what she would give you <laughs> that's good I love um that. yeah. and so you know it it's yeah it's like and if i put it numerically it's like it's almost three but it's like there were too many things that kind of I don't feel like they did as well um, and didn't maybe fit as much thought process into uh, as they could have and look I don't like when people just compare um, Marvel and DC and say one's better than the other right um, and I'm not doing that here. I'm just going to compare television shows because I just recently re-watched season two of Flash. and uh, Like right before I watched this season of The Defenders. And I feel like that obviously has a lot more time, but I think this didn't need more time. It just needed more exposition, explanation. And I feel like the DC TV shows for the most part have really found their um, groove in really uh, doing a good job of explaining everything by the end. The CW TV shows, you mean? The CW, yes. <laughs> I, and I like Gotham personally. It's a whacked out weird show. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm just saying uh, you're just totally not you're not lumping whacked. that in there with those shows. As, as no, I, right.
1: it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. No, but the CW TV shows. Uh, I feel like they have kind of found that groove of really being able to make you feel comfortable by the end of the season with all of the stuff that they've done and sufficiently, for the most part, explaining things. And so, I I think that the the Marvel shows need to find a way to do that. And sometimes I feel like maybe the Marvel shows are taking themselves so seriously. That they're kind of missing some of that basic stuff that you just need in a TV show. Like, to really explain some important things. So, um, yeah. yeah. Again, I still enjoyed watching this show for all my nitpicks and all the things we talked about, I still had a good time. And that was because I liked the the four main characters together. And like you, I liked the tertiary characters all together. And what the shows have done is for the most part, create likable characters, except for Danny Rand. Uh, <laughs> and I'm excited to continue to see somebody like Daredevil go into his season, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. I'm looking forward to seeing all that happen again. Uh, and then of course, find a way to into defender season two sometime.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say real quick too, that like, we did get a little a little bit of the crossover when um, Luke Cage showed up in Jessica Jones, but I, I'm excited also That's to true. see small cameos like we kind of get in the more movies yes. now. Um, now, Der- you know, now Matt Murdock could show up for legal advice in the middle of mm-hmm. Jessica Jones season two or whatever. Yep, just because. So I, I like that, and I and I hope that they capitalize on that. And that was one of the bigger yes. disappointments. that was that there was no Punisher at least reference, but or cameo in uh, Defenders. I wish he had showed up at some point. That would have been interesting, but.
1: Oh yeah, can't wait for that. I'm really looking forward to his show uh, because he was the best part about Daredevil season two. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love getting to talk about this stuff. I love the fact that you know we've got our associate producers, uh, Ken Tripp and Davis Grayson, through Patreon, and they make sure that this show and every other show on the network happens for you. I really appreciate them uh, taking their hard-earned money and pouring it back into Trek FM. It's a huge enterprise that we have here at Trek FM. There's so many shows going on, and we definitely we can't do it without you. Uh, and, and the way that you can help us is by going over to patreon.com slash trekfm, and you can support the show. Every little bit helps. Um, there's different contribution levels. There's a many different ways that we give back to you. Uh, but in the end, it, it's just every little bit a month that you can help out. Make sure that all the shows keep coming to you. Ad free as well, you know. Great content. I think that we do across the network. So again, go to patreon.com/checkfm and see how you can be part of the team. Uh, now, Daniel, before we get out of here uh, and uh, before you, you know, go find something else to defend, um, yeah. Where can we find you?
0: You can find me. Uh, I've got, I've got a couple of other shows, but really the best way to find uh, me and, and any chance you want to get a hold of me will be on Twitter, and that is the uh, the username one-up Dan that is the number one not the word awesome awesome
1: and don't forget to to check him out you know he's over there on the nerd party doing uh SETI Alpha 3 that's right so make sure you, you check that out uh you can find me on Twitter MattRushing02 I'm under Instagram under the same name I'm here on the network with Chris Jones doing the orb when we can find a chance to get that done because of our crazy schedules talking about star trek deep space nine the world's best star trek show you can also find me on the nerd party uh, just like daniel uh, and i'm doing a couple of shows there i'm doing aggressive negotiations with john mills talking all about star wars uh we pretty much just find a topic each week and talk about it uh something that we've been thinking about the star wars universe so make sure uh you join us we i, th- I think you're gonna love it uh, you can also find me over there doing Owl Post, which is a Harry Potter podcast, and we're going through each and every chapter of the Harry Potter series, one chapter at a time. And in fact, we just finished book two. So we're about to dive into the Prisoner of Azkaban, which I'm Ooh, so excited about. So I check that out. Yes. yes, it's my favorite book still in the series. And last but not least, I'm doing a show called Cinema Stories, and that one is all about film through the lens of faith so if that's something that interests you you can find all of those shows and that one on itunes or wherever you get your podcast well thank you so much for joining us and y'all come back here